0: You heard it here first. Harry Potter is the X-Men. Mind Gap Podcast. Guys, welcome to Mind Gap. I'm Doug. I'm Justin, and we are celebrating 2017. Welcome to the new year, guys. We did it
1: already. Doesn't it feel different?
0: It, it feels, feels. It feels less sticky. It feels
1: less deathy.
0: Yeah, you less know, sticky.
1: A little sticky. It feels less Christmassy. There's more foreboding, like looming energy. We're on in this. January, so January is <laughs> already depressing. Because right. Because
0: You got shitty movies coming out. And uh not all of them are gonna be shitty. Most of them are garbage because this is where everyone drops their turds in the toilet. discuss this. For for movies. I, I haven't seen January change yet. <laughs> February, yes, but not January. That's fair. Um, I feel like so, there's
1: one movie coming out in January that I thought was going to be good, and I can't remember what it is now.
0: Monster Calls?
1: Yeah. Is that coming out in January? I think January 7th Yeah, is that's going to be a good
0: one. Yeah, but that's still early January, so it's still kind of like Oscar season sort of stuff. Oh, okay. So there's over. a two-week point in January. No, that there's, a, there's, movie. A one week. there's a one-week. There's
1: <laughs> a one-week point. If your movie goes out that week, it's yeah. going to suck. Well, mo- yeah, there's like... There was another one that was coming out, though. I can't remember what it
0: was. But Steve it Scull's matter.
1: movie? Probably. <laughs> that's a fact. It's, it's, it's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah. Awesome So uh, I'd like to take this opportunity to uh, revisit something that I said in a previous podcast. When Matt Baker was on here, we were talking about legacy. We are talking about rap and hip-hop. And you guys, you specifically explained to me the difference between hip-hop and rap. Sure. I just want to take this moment to say you are
1: right. Yes, <laughs> I got I, real nervous for a second. I'm like, "Oh man, Doug's gonna come out with like an argument. I'm gonna have did. to defend this." Justin, you really—he—he like, he got, like, got really tense, and uh, he was oh, like, his eyes were
0: darting around. He because was like, I was—I was
1: like, "All right, I got to remember what I said, so I can <laughs> so I can stand behind it."
0: I was ready for a fight. And he was like, "Shit, no, I uh, I just watched this documentary this morning, which wasn't depressing. It was ah. called Stretch and uh, Babito. It was about these two guys in New York who had this underground." Um, uh, hip-hop station, all right. radio station, and they had some of the greatest of all time come through sure. uh, their radio station and do, like, freestyle. Like, nice. Uh, they had much of the Wu-Tang Clan. Tell me they
1: have video of all of this in the they documentary. They have
0: cassette tapes. Oh. So they had recorded in the, the – Did
1: um, they play it on the documentary? Yes. i got to watch this documentary. It
0: is, it's on Netflix. It's Highly awesome. recommend it. What was cool about it was these guys, um, they were meeting, like – these two guys, Stretch Armstrong and Bobito, and these two guys, uh, Stretch was an amazing DJ, and Bobito was kind of like the host, and um, they were just heavily influenced by hip hop growing up in New sure. York, and they decided, you know what, we're gonna do the show for free, and it became so hot that like that was the place to go. That's awesome to get heard and to freestyle and to demo, and like um, Nas, uh, Jay Z, Eminem. Uh, uh, Notorious B.I.G. Yes, like I said, Wu Tang. Yes, um, a whole bunch of guys I've never even heard That's of. Some heavy hitters, big pun. Uh, Fat Joe Nice um, All these guys Were just rolling through I heard through. from Fat
1: Joe In a long time
0: And what's great Is he has a lot of these guys on And they're just They're reminiscing About the old days And they have the cassettes And they actually Would play them for them Like were they freestyle, Yeah yeah And like um, Seeing their reaction Like Nas was listening He was like Oh shit I don't even remember Doing this Like <laughs>
1: That's really cool And you see their
0: reaction To it And it was so hot That like a lot of guys Back in this time Because this was like Early 90s to, to yeah. late 90s Yeah Guys would, because their show was from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m.
1: Okay, so they had the graveyard shift. So
0: they would have people, like, guys would have very elaborate cassette recording stuff set up in their apartment so they could record the shows. Oh, nice. And they would, like, record it. And then as soon as it would pop out, they'd wake up and, like, flip it over and hit record for the other thing. And Buster Rhymes admitted, he goes, dude, I was selling your tapes for five bucks a pop at school. <laughs> Are he goes, you oh, serious? he goes, oh, I was hustling all over you guys. Oh, my he goes, I God. I owe you guys so many pairs of, like, Pumas and Nikes and, Adidas and stuff. He goes, I got so much money off of that because everyone, because no one was awake. Yeah, yeah. And these are real moments and, that yeah. people are missing. They wanted to hear that. And, yeah. and, and,
1: and, you know, nowadays it would be recorded. You could find it online. Sure. Then that wasn't even an option. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: And there was a legendary one. There was a guy, I don't know. I think his name was Big L or something like that. Or right. L. I'm sorry. I apologize for everyone who knows when I'm butchering it. But he and Jay Z freestyled on the same show. Okay. And it became this. Did they do little, a battle? They didn't necessarily do a battle, okay. but like. L like finished up and then yeah. Jay Z popped in. It became like one of the most profound hip hop moments wow, that's and, really cool. in hip hop history. And it's like people were blown away by the fact that these two guys who were unsigned were coming by the station right. and they were just hanging out and talking yeah. and like in freestyling and it became this place where it was uncensored. If you had, you know, just a couple bars or if you had ten minutes worth of stuff, you could come in and freestyle. They, they just needed care. to fill. <laughs> probably fill space, yeah. It was just a place for people to actually come and actually get some time. And if you were on the radio at that time, it was a huge deal. Right, right. And uh, they actually broadcast through the World Trade Center. <laughs> like, there's a little antenna really? on top. And he goes, so you can hear us in the tri-state area, but it was this rinky-dink thing yeah, that actually yeah. broadcast out. And people, like, they helped a lot of guys. I think, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Old Dirty Bastard. Like this AR guy heard him and signed him immediately. Was like, wow. I got to sign this guy.
1: That's the cool thing about like with that. <clears throat> it's similar to like how uh, comedians who are hustling mm-hmm. and they're doing, you know, stage time every night, they're just looking for any place that they can yeah. do five minutes and they'll bounce around to 10 different clubs at night, you know, just trying to find a place to get heard and refine their craft. This sounds like it was almost. Like that, yeah. Where they, you could, you could. It's one to five a.m. You just swing through <laughs> and you do your state. You do your five minutes. Like sure. you can get on and and it, it it it's it's very reminiscent of that, you know, just getting your hustle on and, and getting out there and and working the craft and yeah. Look, I'm gonna pop into this radio station and I'm gonna appeal to these guys and just see what I can do. Well, what's was cool was it became the defining place to be. Right, like
0: you would have to like. <laughs> At one point, this person was trying to get the Fugees on there, and Stretch was like, no. No, you, we're, we're, we're you, not.
1: You grossly miss what we're doing. Like, no, we
0: don't want them on there. Yeah. Then eventually, they got them on. They had Lauryn Hill like doing the really cool freestyle yeah. or things like that, and, and that was the place to be because it fed a need and a want for this hip-hop that wasn't really being found. At that time, hip-hop was starting to really, you know, I would say, probably almost reach its peak Not commercially, Mm. but in the independent scene, because they specifically noted like the year 1997 and 1998. And I remember that distinctly because I followed music very closely growing up. I was a huge fan of music. And I remember the 1996 Video Music Awards on uh, MTV uh, were incredible. It was like Green Day, Bush, uh, Bruce Silversting, Smashing Pumpkins, like all these guys that I, you know, Springsteen, okay, whatever. But all these other guys I love because I was in. You about- idolized, yeah. Ninety seven was uh, Puff Daddy, uh, Notorious B.I.G., Fugees. It, it changed, It changed on on a dime. It yeah. flipped entirely to R and B, hip hop, and rap. Interesting. Became the most popular thing, and these co- guys talked about from like nineteen ninety to ninety seven. There was just this gap almost of or, or it was like this indie scene where people were you know learning about this sort of stuff and they were almost the curators of right. giving people an opportunity to be like all right these guys are really good and Jay-Z was even on the documentary and he's like man by the time it, it, I, I was hitting like I was I was like really exploding it was I was ready for anything because I had gone through stuff like this with these guys right right where they've given me
1: an opportunity to really express himself. He, he cut his teeth. Like, real... Exactly. Like he got a chance to, as soon as he hit, like, he didn't have to figure it out. Exactly. He had had a chance to refine it and figure it out already, which, that's invaluable. Exactly. Like, what they gave was an invaluable piece of, like, it's a gift to the community.
0: Sure. Yeah. And not that, but there's a lot of people, like, in prisons or even abroad, like, in, in wars, where they would get these cassette tapes or listen to the radio, and it helped them. Right. You know, they got letters from people saying, hey, dude, I'm in prison right now, and this is the only time where I can actually feel like I'm at home and I'm not stuck here. Or there was a guy that was in uh, Desert Storm who said he would get cassette tapes from this, and he goes, yeah. he felt like he was back in New York. Yeah, and he goes, yeah. people have pictures of their family members and stuff like that. He goes, me, I had my cassette tapes. Yeah. He goes, I put them on. He goes, and I would actually feel like I was home again. and that's Stuff really like cool, that. Man. It was really yeah. cool. So check it out. It's called Stretch and Bobito, um, and there's like a colon and a subtitle that's like probably the coolest hip-hop show of all time yeah. or whatever. Uh, check it out on Netflix. Highly recommend it. And the reason why I brought that up was because originally I asked what the difference between hip-hop and rap was. And you explained it. You laid it out. And you essentially said, like, hip-hop was reflecting on uh, daily life. Hip-hop's a,
1: more of a culture. More of yeah. a
0: culture. 100% based on what these guys were doing and saying and freestyling about. I was like, yeah, that's a, yeah. I was an idiot. Or rap is
1: more of just the, the glamorized, like, it's more about, you know, uh, how much money. You know, I'm yeah gonna you know it bitches hoes money liquor drugs like it's all about the sure. the, the you know the the superficial it's the more thank you superficial is i was looking for hype yeah. whereas hip-hop is more of like the it's, it's more of a culture it's more of a like that self-reflective like you you look back and, and culturally what did i grow up in and talking yeah. about where i came from and in the struggle and the this and the that and yeah. obviously you know that you and I sitting here talking about that is. I mean, <laughs> I I'm not trying to appropriate anything. I'm just saying yeah. that it it is. I have a, a massive respect for sure. for the hip hop community and, and what I really enjoy listening to it. Mm-hmm. I would never attempt to be a hip hop artist because, sure. uh, you know, a, I don't think I have anything to contribute to that. And B, I feel like, you know, it's not my place to do so, but <laughs> I have an en- enormous amount of respect for that community. And I, yeah. I think it's what where the history from where it came from is just fascinating. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And there was a guy that laid it out perfectly. He's like hip hop is basically talking about almost like when you freestyle and stuff like that, it's talking about, what happened? The troubles that you had in the past week, mm. what they are, and what you've done to make it better, and how you're doing okay now. Right. And I was like, wow, that's
1: kind of pretty cool. That's a cool little message. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And they said that the true artists are the ones that can freestyle. He's like, those are the people that can really. You
1: well, they know. have something to say. Exactly. Like they and they know. I think that's that's an in in indicator mm-hmm. of a good artist, regardless of what medium you're in, mm-hmm. is <clears throat> the people who can freestyle. I look at them as. They're they've got a good grasp on what their voice is. Mm-hmm. They know what their artistic voice. They know the message. They know how they're speaking. What they want to say. What their style is. They've got a good grasp on their voice. You can translate that into comedy, mm-hmm. into filmmaking, into painting, like actual like what what, yeah. we, what normally you would consider art. You know your your traditional sculpting. Like when you know what your voice is. When you know what style you're doing. And you you have an uncompromising view on that. That is what makes you a master of your craft. Sure. So if you can freestyle without a doubt, you don't have to sit there and work out the phrases you're going to say. You just kind of know mm-hmm. what your true voice is and what you want to speak to. And the same as you know what we're what we're doing here, or what mm-hmm. you know when when we make a sketch video, like you know if you if you have a good point of view to relate back to sketch comedy sure. if you know what your point of view is a very strong point of view it's that much better and like key and peel are a great well, example of yeah. that amy Schumer is another good example they know when they make a sketch you know right where their point of view is coming from and they are a master of their craft so mm-hmm. i feel like that goes to that point i feel like that goes across all mediums sure yeah
0: so they mentioned in the in the documentary that things kind of fell apart towards like 97 98 uh, DJ Stretch Armstrong Said he just felt Less inspired by the music Okay Because he was really big He and Bobito Kind of had a little bit of a Well they had a falling out Because Bobito Was very focused On the lyrics Okay And Stretch was very focused On the beat Because right. he was a DJ Right Sure absolutely So he said he realized After that He goes most of the stuff That Stretch liked he goes it was just the beat. He goes, but lyrically, he goes, the songs were very derivative. He goes, they were very, they weren't very good, but he just liked the
1: beats. Well, it was becoming mainstream, I guess, yes, like commercialized it, as soon as it hit. You know, which is this? That's always such a double edged sword because yeah. on one side, it's fantastic because your art, your medium that you've been champion champion, champion for and being and pushing it from early, let's say, nineteen ninety 1990 through nineteen ninety seven, like yeah. that whole almost a decade of, of really pushing in the underground and this radio show came around and this and like all these things. And obviously the Genesis started earlier than ninety, sure. but everything it's, it's been basically validated on, Hey, look, yeah, we are, we're accepting you into the mainstream now and, and you've got a larger audience and people are paying you money for what you want to do. And there's this huge validation, but at the same time now with the validation and with the money comes the control. Yeah. Well, now we want, but we want it to sound more like this. We want it, To have this different message. You need to appeal to a broader audience. And Mm -hmm. so all the compromises start to come into play. people are investing money. And and it's a double-edged sword. So I totally, that makes sense that it would start to fall apart. The community that they originally knew was starting to change.
0: They also mentioned, too, that the internet changed things, too, because... Oh, I can only imagine. These guys, I think uh, Nas referred to them as, like, curators of the music... And they were the ones that were basically vetting everything. They were putting the stuff out there that the was really good. They were the yeah. gatekeepers in a good way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and basically, like, if you showed up on their show, these guys were legit. And they were worth listening to. And it was, like, a really big deal. He goes, yeah. the internet now, just this cacophony of noise right. where anyone can put their stuff out right. there. There's no walls. There's no barriers, which is good. Right. But there's also a sea of garbage out there.
1: Well, it's kind of like the rock DJs of the 60s and yeah. 70s. That was the height of when radio jocks were... You know, like glamorized of like you could even see there was even like you know, T- the TV show WKRP in Cincinnati. They they made a sitcom out. It was so that was the job to have. Like everyone yeah, right. loved their local DJ because you know, they were spinning. They got to decide what the hot tracks were. Yeah. You know, they got to. And, you know, maybe a hundred dollars taped to the record helped or a bag sure. of cocaine or a right. hooker getting sent to the studio. Yeah. Maybe that helped. But they were the ones who generally were deciding this track's going to get played. You know, three times this hour because yeah. people want to hear it, and I think it's good. Mm-hmm. And so that was it was in the same capacity, the gatekeepers. You know? Yeah,
0: the power in that sort of regard, right? You Which
1: know. To, it seemed like these two, from what you're saying, almost you know stripped away all the uh, corporate intervention in radio, and did the did. Hold it back to what the rock mm-hmm. DJs of the sixties and seventies would do and say, yeah. We're telling you what's gonna be good because yeah. we've studied this. We know this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's what I liked about it is because they were just truly passionate. Like that's pay, awesome. they got they didn't get paid a dime right. for doing that. They just did it because they, they loved they it. They loved doing it. Right. And the respect that those guys have in that community is is far and beyond like like people love love them for what they did. And right. Again, the best part of that documentary is when they, they put out a cassette player. Like a Walkman, and they put have them put on the, the headphones sure. and they listen, and they just lose their minds yeah. because they're like, "Oh shit, I remember this. This is so cool." <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I look at that sort of stuff, and it's like I was just thinking, I'm like, "Man, that's so cool." Because I wonder, I don't think they probably knew in that in that eight year span what they were doing, like right. if it was really affecting. But it sucks because like you also can't hold on to that;
1: it's fleeting. Because
0: that inevitably is going to change. Like, it's not going to stay because as it became more and more popular, eventually people saw money in it and they came in and that was there. then the
1: compromises started. Exactly. And then
0: everything else changed. So I kind of look at that, too, from the comedy perspective. Like, improv used to be a really weird thing that, you know. Very underground
1: community. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And now it's extremely commercialized, you know, (laughs) to a point where it just churns out a lot of stuff. I find it to be very helpful you know, in everyday life. I think it has more you know value than someone that's like, you know, just going to throw their, you know, song up on wherever SoundCloud or something and not get listened to. I feel like at least with improv, it does have some benefits to it, mm. but it makes me wonder a lot about like the commercial commercializations of a lot of things like with movies. When you and know, I talk about movies a lot, yeah. how things come out the way that they were. I mean, I was reading that rogue one originally had a much more depressing ending Really, much more depressing ending. How? <laughs> and if you look at the teaser, the first teaser versus like the last trailer, yeah, drastically different. I'll have They're, to go back and watch those. There's a ton of scenes in the teaser that and 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 words their are lines are spoken that do not show up in the movie itself.
1: Interesting. I'll have to go back and watch that. I did not even catch yeah, that. Yeah,
0: people were picket were really analyzing that. They're like, there's a lot of things here that are not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah not yeah. showing up, and I was like, they obviously reshoots and things like that. But that one was very – because I'm usually – I watch trailers enough to the point where I know a lot of those scenes. And yeah. I, know, I noticed immediately because one of the shots from the teaser was Jen Erso and her, and her guys running on the beach yeah while the ATAT walkers were shooting at them. That didn't happen. We didn't right. see that. Because she was actually – if you look closely, she's holding the data, the data oh, thing interesting while she's running. And that, that didn't show up. Uh, there was a shot of uh, – Ben uh, Mendelssohn's character, like walking along the water, yeah, yeah, you know, like with a with an ATAT that was down, that yeah. didn't happen. Oh, I'll have to go back and look at these. In the first trailer, there was a shot of like you know Jin walking on the skywalk and a Tie Fighter kind of pops up, in yeah, front yeah. Of her. that didn't happen. Yeah, so like there's just a lot of things that didn't show up that I'm like, huh, I really would love to have seen an earlier cut. Of that movie to be Absolutely. like, how
1: depressing was this? Absolutely. Well, how could they? I would love to know how. Yeah, they could have done it more depressing, right? It was, it wasn't depressing. It wasn't hopeful. At the, well, I mean, it was though. Is the thing. Yeah. like it wasn't?
0: It was. Guys, there is a lot of sacrifice in that movie. There is a lot of sacrifice. <laughs> it was a little. It was sad,
1: but it, I didn't walk away going like, "Holy shit, I am depressed." Like, yeah. so I am wondering, like, how what they could have done to make it. depressing. It almost yeah.
0: like takes the 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 title of a new hope in a different. Like meaning, right? You know, like, there's a new look, hope. Because this hope
1: got lost. Like, there's some. There was a crushing blow. Hope, now we have a new hope. Hope
0: Was a big theme in yep. the, in, the, in the movie, right? And you know, you know, rebellions are built on hope. You know, <laughs> so I've heard. Um, and it makes me th- think that a new hope. I was like, well, what does that mean? Does that mean Luke Skywalker, or was it mean there's a new hope for the galaxy because the rebellion has officially solidified, right? And they're moving forward to fight the
1: empire, right. right, right, right.
0: So, like, again, that's the beauty of this movie. Is it actually works as a again back to the prequels that I said sucked aside from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? This one is incredible. It absolutely takes the story and enhances it and makes it better, which blew my mind at how well it could make and enhance the story. The Temple of Doom was that was a prequel. I,
1: I always struggle with that. I always forget. <laughs> like I, I know we you talked about this said before that during that episode. You're like, ah, it's a prequel.
0: <laughs> <Huh>. uh, <laughs> yeah, how about that? <laughs> yes,
1: this this is an example of one where you're just like, you know what? Okay, they they didn't overexplain everything. Yeah, you know, we didn't talk about the Midichlorians. Yeah, you know, um, it it, it, it worked. I was, it serviced. I had I had
0: one. worries about it that. I'm like, I I don't know if I'm going to care, and I did. Right. I did care, and it it just they did enough to they had. I feel like they had so much respect for the source material yeah. that they were able to. Um, see where there was actually plot holes in Episode 4, and they're like, we're going to plug those right. in a very smart way. And yeah. we're also going to have some great Easter eggs and things like that. We're going to use old footage from the original Episode 4. right? You know, We're going to do all this stuff. It was almost like an homage, like a beautiful homage I to won- the original
1: trilogy. I'm wondering if it were, that was... Possible because we are now in what we've talked about before, and what I heavily consider the golden age, or mm-hmm. one of the golden ages of entertainment. I know back in the back in the early early days of movies, that was also known as the golden age of, sure. of movies or whatever. But I feel like with TV, the way it is now, and all—I mean, your production values on a lot of these things are through the fucking roof. You're yeah. making you're making hour-long movies every week, like with between you know breaking bad and you know um uh walking dead and, and game of thrones and every week it's a, it's 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 a mini movie is what yeah. it is the production value is staggeringly high and it's not your law and orders anymore you know what i mean like yeah with with law and order was definitely you could see the formulas. Right, smacking you in the face. Formulas there. You've got your you've got your one set, your office set, your yeah. your, your precinct set, your interrogation room set, your court set, and then yeah. some outside shot. Like yeah. that was about 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 what you had. Mm-hmm. Now you've got these elaborate, you know, locations and sets and scenes and props and this and that, and you've got dragons and all these things. Same goes with movies. I feel uh, like technically
0: they're wyverns. Actually, someone just released that they're
1: not really dragons or wyverns we're going to have to have a whole other discussion on that because I don't know what you just said. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, no, I think think the same thing with movies is that people are taking that element of television and reapplying it to storytelling and movies. And things that are – obviously, you still get your stinkers. You still get your Steven Seagal movies. But something like this, I feel like the same people who are responsible for those type of television shows – had a hand in this where they're like, all right, let's strip everything away and how do we tell a really good story? How do we not how do we not rehash episode one to how do we not have that happen again? Yeah. How do we make it dark, tie it in perfectly, do just enough. So I I think there was a lot of thought put into this.
0: Um I'm thinking also just like I was just thinking about all the We we're having a golden age I'd say there's a golden age of entertainment in general. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Totally, yeah. And I'm thinking, because I was, I was thinking, I was like, well, movies are a long way, but there's a ton of movies that are like sequels. Like, that's all they are. Yeah. So much to the point where people put lists together of, like, these are the movies that are coming out this year that are not based on anything. They're original
1: works. And I'm sure that the list is shorter than it's, that of... Yeah. yeah exactly.
0: And, and I think that's also where we can enjoy... Well, first of all, I'll go back to what you're saying about the formulas. I fucking hate formulaic shows, which is why when we talked about last podcast about Agents of Shield, it just stunk of a formula, right? It did in the beginning, and I think it's probably changed, but it's it's got to follow that format, right? Because that's what people are used to. And I can't stand the format. Cannot stand the format. Yeah, I hate the formulas. It drives me crazy. I would be very
1: curious to. We'll save that. Go ahead. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll make a note to come back to
0: that. So for me, when I see a Daredevil or a Luke Cage or a. You know, uh, Game of Thrones, um, you know, Rome, which I just finished rewatching. Highly recommend that show. Um, And the story flows. It just tells its story. Right. I'm like, I'm inspired to see what that leads us to down the road because I love the fact that people, I always say this innate thing when people buck the system in a good way, like what Napster did with the music industry, um, things like that, when they basically are like, fuck you. I'm going to do something different, and it's, like, so refreshing. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't have to pay $21 for a full fucking CD. I can just download it at my own convenience and put it on a device right. that allows me to hold thousands upon thousands of songs. Amazing. Or, you know, and that causes everything, all the prices and everything to come down because they be, they were being douchebags. Right. You know, it's the same thing with, like, you know, uh, Netflix started breaking. Because it used to be, like, HBO is the only place to watch this really good content. And then right. all of a sudden, AMC is like, well, we've got Breaking Bad. We've got The Walking Dead. We've got Mad Men. We've got Mad Men. All Season of a sudden, one through four. All of a sudden, <laughs> nothing else. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh shit, like these are cable television shows that are telling great stories mm-hmm. in great formats. And then, you know, all this competition is good. It's a really good thing. It heightens it, yeah. Because everyone's like, well, shit, I mean, you can look over here. Hulu's got good stuff going on, Amazon's trying to get in the game. And you know you have your Netflix stuff. Like, people are pushing the boundaries and all that. But like, I thought
1: I heard Apple was actually uh, knocking around the idea of getting into the original content game, too, and releasing it just straight up on Apple TV, like I having say so. its own it app. make
0: sense. Yeah. I'm actually surprised that they haven't yeah. up to this point. <clears throat> I remember years ago, I was talking with a grad school professor, and he said – he was kind of a douchebag. I won't say his name. but um, Glenn. Yeah, Glenn. Glenn. Um, He's very about himself. But his his theory was that Amazon was eventually going to start its own record label because it tracked all the preferences of everybody <laughs> all the time. Yeah. They said it would be really easy for them to create kind of music and then give it to them and sell it to them and then also suggest other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think people have obviously taken that since then. This was back in like 2006. Sure, yeah. And repurposed it. That
1: would be – an. I mean, you like, got the metrics.
0: He also was like – at that time, he goes, streaming is going to be the wave of the future. He's yeah, like no. – you know, he's like, people aren't going to download anymore. He goes, once mm. we fix our mm. internet problem, as far as like the bandwidth, yeah. says, people are going to stream. They're not going to need to do that. And I was like, that's crazy talk. Oh, really? And then, sure enough, tada! Yeah, ta-da. here we
1: are, 2017, and yeah. it's yeah,
0: exactly. Um, so which is kind of interesting to see what people are doing. But I, I, I get excited when people buck the trends with with their new formats, yeah. and stuff. Because for me, I just want to, I want to see a good story. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna hear. A good song. I want to, you know, it's like I just, I just want someone to tell a good story to entertain me. Right, that's what I want. Yeah, and and if we, and once things become formulaic, it's fine. I don't mind that. Like I, I don't mind blockbuster stuff. Like I, I enjoy going. Like cool. I, I kind of know what's going to happen. Look,
1: here. I'm not gonna no 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 pretense here. The superhero movies, <laughs> Marvel, is formulaic. It is. Like, very formulaic. I'm not gonna like. I, I've had someone call me out where where they were like, well you like Marvel so much, well, you can pre- pretty much predict what's going to happen. I'm like, yeah, you Yeah, because we know the castings. I'm, I know I'm the contracts. Not, <laughs> I'm not going to argue that point with you. Like, absolutely, you can predict, yeah. and it's formulaic. And in a sense, for me, it works. Mm-hmm. There are definitely certain formulaic things. I'm trying to think of how I can – it's like, what is a sport? Yeah. I'm trying to think <laughs> why Marvel doesn't bother me, but, you know – Law and Order does, yeah, and or I, I guess Law and Order doesn't bother me. I can you can have that oh, on it the bothers background, you. but <laughs> you can have it on the background. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean, like one of those. I don't. It could be because Law and Order's been on for twenty five years or something. It's been on forever. Um, but at this point, you know, Marvel's been around for twelve years, so yeah. they're they're hitting that point. But
0: I think what excited me about the Marvel, what Marvel does is they took something um, that was originally just it was working, or at least we thought it was working. The superhero stuff, and they turned it on its head. Right, and they said we're going to have a shared universe. They bucked the system. They bucked the system. They're like we're going to do a shared universe. We're going to have these guys in multiple movies. We're going to have them do cameos. Like they basically took every superhero comic book fans' dream, and they made it come true. They're like we're going to do an Avengers movie, and it's going to be one of the most highest-grossing films of all time.
1: They took comic books and turned them into a movie exactly because in comic books you have people crossing over all the damn time mm-hmm. there's no boundaries in comic books yeah. you've got so and so showing up in this universe and these people go over in that universe and yeah. like there is one universe in the comic book world so they were the first people to take a comic book movie and make it a fucking comic book movie
0: exactly and actually make
1: it a comic book movie
0: and the idea of that being connected Got me so excited. Yeah, like the fact that Robert Downey Jr. shows up at at, just before the credits of Incredible Hulk. Yeah, to talk to General Thunderbolt, which is one of the dumbest names ever. But um, you know, basically just to you know antagonize him. I was like, oh my god, it's happening! Like (laughs) this is true. We're in it. This is actually happening.
1: And the thing is, it still gets me excited because with the Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. When that la- when Donny Junior showed up, and then at the the last sequence where you see him fly in the Iron Man outfit, I'm like, yeah, oh cool, they're bringing a. I have no doubt yeah. that someone was going to show up, but of still course. to still see it, you're even to this day, I'm like, oh yay, that's yeah. that's exciting. You haven't
0: seen uh, Doctor Strange, but it's heavily implied that Doctor Strange is going to be in the next Thor movie, like,
1: and that makes sense because yeah. it's it's that super he's traveling dimensionally, and yeah, exactly, that makes yeah. sense.
0: And so it's like one of those things where you're starting to be like, That's so cool and it's the same actors. Right. You know? And that's, we're not they,
1: recasting, we're not saying, Well, in this movie it's this actor, but in this one it's this other
0: one. In the beginning they were doing it on the dirt cheap. They're like, We're gonna yeah. have you guys on dirt cheap, but then they realize after they're making so much money that they could actually this this is a jumping off point for actors right. to Fucking Robert Redford was in a movie. Glenn Close was in one of the... I mean, like... Right. Really? Some like, high-level Anthony level Hopkins actor. has been in multiple movies as <laughs> right. Odin. Like, this is like... you got a, some
1: revered actors.
0: Benedict Cumberbatch. Right. Tom Hiddleston. Like, or not? it's made people's careers. Oh, it like, really has.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you could
0: argue that it brought Robert Downey Jr. back from yeah. the brink, you know?
1: Well, and I mean, even though Chris Evans had been in some movies, he wasn't... I don't think he was a... I wouldn't have considered him a household name no. until he hit Captain America, and now... You know, he can go in whatever movie he wants to go in and make Absolutely. a boatload of money. Yeah.
0: yeah, and it's it's just one of those things where I, like, I look at that and I'm like, they took a chance and they're reaping their rewards from it. Now, yeah, is it going to get old? Yeah, I can kind of feel the wear and tear on it. Absolutely. But again, my goal is to see this through to the end of phase three of you know the Infinity War Avengers like part that.
1: or Infinity War the uh, Infinity
0: War or Avengers Four, whatever I guess it's because they're not technically part one and part two anymore so sure okay but, so yeah but the end of that cycle whatever happens after that I don't give a shit right. I want to see the. it could complete. fall apart after that don't and it's, care it is what it is I want to see the end of this arc that they've started I want to see how it plays out right. and I'm curious as hell and that's what keeps my attention
1: it's like it's like watching the Walking Dead through to the end for me I'm like <laughs> I've come this far I just want to watch this cycle end sure. and then we'll you know I'm like it's it's you've invested yourself. Yeah. After you 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 have a predetermined. You see the finish line. Mm-hmm. You've got a pre a predetermined time of of or, or number of movies, a predetermined timeline. Mm-hmm. After that, obviously for monetary reasons, they're going to keep going. Yeah. But you are invested. You're like, oh look, I'm invested until this point. Mm-hmm. After that, whatever. But. Th- uh, from A to this point is my timeline. Yeah. After that, you can have it. Yeah. But this is my set of movies. Because
0: that's when the corporate level, the money people are going to want to keep this alive. Right. I don't think they're bold enough to be like, cool, we're going to take a break.
1: Oh, no, 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 we're no. We're
0: going to no. take a break from Absolutely. this and we're going to come back. Because I can understand, too, because... Absolutely not. Well, I wonder why stuff like, hey, we might make a Goonies 2 movie. I'm like, you guys realize that this is you know almost going to be 30 years... You're late to the game. ...after yeah. this? Or they try to do that like with so many things. They're like these sequels that come out and you're like
1: why? Right, right. Why is this coming right, out now? Right. No one cares. Well, Blade Runner 2049. I'm like, not going to lie
0: dude. I've never actually finished Blade Runner. I haven't either. I've started it and I'm just like this looks cool but I'm fucking bored.
1: But and I know it's a classic. I know it's one of those yeah. movies that everyone's like this is one of those movies that you have to see. Yeah. But at the same time and look I love Harrison Ford. I can respect the fact that Blade Runner the original Blade Runner was one of those classic movies. I love Ryan Gosling.
0: I like Ridley Scott. I like Ridley Scott. Yeah.
1: But I don't know if again, it's going to be what? 20, 30 years since Blade Runner came out? Like yeah. do we need this? Do we need the story? Like it's to your point of the new idea, like you're just rehashing, you're rehashing these old ideas, these old it's just, it's technically it's a sequel. Yeah. So that this won't get put on that list of new idea movies. It is a sequel movie. So yeah. that already is out the window. I feel like in, in the indie scene, in the independent film scene, you have all these incredible new ideas. Mm-hmm. There are, at any point in time, hundreds of thousands of fresh scripts out there that are sure. just waiting to get made. Yeah. But because those studios are worried that they're – and it's an ever-increasing bottom line. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you can't just go, if we make $10 million on this, it's great. Yeah. You have to make $60 million or else it's a flop. You have yeah. to make $100 million. You have to make $200 million. You have to make half a billion dollars, or else it's considered not success. Like sure. that's an insane amount. That that ever increasing bottom line is really I, that's probably to me one of the biggest things that's that's hurting the the entertainment industry at this point.
0: Well, our good friend Drew Dole, uh, you know, longstanding fan and person who loves to be on the show. Um, <laughs> he he he's a he's a. Filmmaker, went to school for film and everything like that. I remember he and I would have conversations about the movie industry yeah. and all that sort of stuff because he definitely doesn't like watching a lot of the stuff that we do. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I always ask him, like, what do you think's the problem? And he's and his big thing, he's like, we're spending too much money on movies.
1: Absolutely. He's like, there's Absolutely. no reason
0: why you should be spending more than $50, $60 million on a movie. He goes, even that is too much.
1: When you think about that, think yeah. about how much $50 million is. It's hard to
0: think about you that. Know, like yeah, you, and then be like...
1: Really conceptualize that amount of money, and then you're throwing it at one project. That's insane. So to sit there and to you know for like let, let's let's take the ever infamous John Carter, yeah, and to throw two hundred and fifty million dollars at that movie, Two hundred a quarter of a billion dollars on one movie. That is an insane amount of money. Yeah, and some indie filmmakers are making really good movies. For maybe a million, two million dollars, some of them even less.
0: Yeah, one of my favorites was—I mean, it's a, it's it's one of the extremes, but like uh, you know, Paranormal Activity was made sure. for way less than a million dollars, and of course that that's a that's a rare thing that you know that that jumpstart again found footage and stuff like that, but yeah, stuff yeah. like Chronicle, right? You know, uh, have you ever seen that movie? No, it's on my list. Josh Trank's—it's yeah. it's really highly recommended. It was made for like ten million. Yeah, one of those February February movies came out, made like seventy million dollars. Right. Or close to $100 million. It's like – and it was great. Yeah. It was really well done. I'm yeah. like, there you go. I like, 100%
1: agree that it, I, we uh, the, the amount that's, that are being spent on movies is, is astronomical.
0: I think on the business side of things, people are like, if we invest this much money, then the return is going to be that much more. But I'm like, that means maybe. It's not a if, given. If you do, you might get Avengers money. You might get Guardians of the Galaxy money. Sure. You might. Yeah. But what if you don't? Right. I know it's, it's risk, you risk John, versus You reward, might have a John Carter showing. But I would rather, you know, for me, it's like, are we going to – there's so much that goes into it. I'm talking like I know how the fuck this shit works. <laughs> I was just reading the other day relatively – Doug's
1: book on movies will be coming out next week.
0: Right. Relativity Media, like, went bankrupt, and then it came back, and there was a couple movies that they had shot that they had on the shelf, and they decided they were going to release one. I don't even remember the name of it, but it was like, it, it was like three weeks – they were originally going to do, like, limited release and then VOD, like, same day. But then someone was like, no, we're going to do a wide theater release three weeks before it was supposed to go to theaters. No one knew about it. <laughs> and I to this day, I'm like, what the fuck is this movie? I never <laughs> heard of it. Like, I don't know every single movie that's coming out, but yeah. I, t- I, I tend to keep track of that sort of stuff. And Hey, uh, Kate uh, Beckinsale? No shit. She was in it. She was, like, the lead. And I was like... What I don't fucking remember hearing For anything about this. Just How long ago was that? It was like this year. No way. I was like, "What the fuck? Like, what are you doing? Like, I know there's so much that goes into distribution. I need, I need to look at marketing. Look this up. Um, I'm
1: find Kate Beckinsale on IMDb. You sure it was Kate Beckinsale? Yes. Okay.
0: Because she had blonde hair, which was very odd.
1: <laughs> and then
0: they have another fucking underworld movie that's coming out. Yeah, which again we don't need that. It's like the fifth. What I saw the first one like when I was in college with Jill. I remember that was one of our. F- not one of our first dates, but I remember we were going to see it, and I just remember it being very forgettable. Yep.
1: <laughs> oh, oh actually, now I am sorry. Just to also put yeah. it, out, IMDb is doing originals now too.
0: Oh, really? Yep. That actually makes a lot of sense too.
1: I mean, them of all
0: people, yeah, right? They, they've
1: got all these ratings and like, sure, yeah, they that can That really makes sense. Yeah. But
0: I get, I get just so upset when you know you think about because that's when you look at something like Suicide Squad, this movie which is complete under garbage and horseshit, and I don't recommend anyone
1: see it. Was it The Disappointments Room? Yes, that's what it was. That The name of that just sucks already. The Disappointments uh, Room. Yeah. Oh, Lucas Till was in it, too. Interesting.
0: Oh, Luke. Luke Till. And the Funky Bunch.
1: Michael Landis, who's in uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean, outside of her, it's a relatively yeah. forgettable cast. Yeah, sure.
0: But again, it's like poop, just into the out of the ether, into the ether. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well,
1: that's so funny.
0: But I get, you know, I get frustrated with I've always struggled with the idea of art versus business and how they, they coexist. Okay. And I understand that in order to sort of achieve that beautiful balance, you need both. But I'm also sitting there wondering, I'm like, what could have been? If people didn't fucking meddle as much as they did, if the
1: studio heads just left left their hands out, because there's of it.
0: also people on the there's the flip side, like movies like American History X, that director was fucking bonkers, was he? And he was like he would he would the studio had to f- like sue him to get the movie back because he wouldn't give it to him. <laughs> Like he's like no no it's not done he like he was editing it for for an inordinate amount of time just insane amount of time
1: have you ever seen do you ever watched Entourage no there's there's a movie that they they make in that uh-huh. where the director basically does that he he takes the film uh-huh. heads off to like some like southern South American country or something yeah. like holds up in a shed and yeah. is like editing it And they have to find him and he's just like it's not ready. He ends up, like, leaving on a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he's basically, like, an insane... I wonder if they it, it they basically... Might, it might yeah. be
0: based on that guy. Because that's how that guy was. He yeah. would re- refuse. And he's like, this movie's going to be... He's like... He was, like, so against it. Yeah. It became one of, like, the best movies yeah. in cinema history. But he fucking hated it. Like, he was just like, no! Studios! That guy's, like... That guy's fucking crazy. And there was another time, like... Oh, I forget what it was. It was, like, way back in, in the day. I want to say, like, 60s or 70s. Maybe even in the 50s. Where this guy... Like, I think it comes down to passion projects. Sure, when you give someone the opportunity to do their passion project, and they thought about it a little too much, and yeah. like they—if
1: you get to sit with an idea for too long, it starts to become well, it's that, it's this never, never attainable gem in the sky, where you're just yeah. like, oh, I, I aspire this. This idea has has been placed on this pedestal, and I, I aspire to to you know reach the peaks of what I know this idea could be, and it's this glamorous. Yeah, and it's like, dude, you're. Way overthinking this.
0: Well, that and it's like you also never look at it objectively. No, yeah, which is can't. why a lot of those really good directors will um, do sort of just like, like I think was it uh, Sutterberg was like he's like I do a movie for me and then I do a movie for the studios. Right, that's so I how can we do it. Keep a separation. Now, on, I have yeah. a feeling that like when you do the one for the studios, you're very objective. Your heart's not necessarily in it a hundred percent because you're you're just you're, this isn't your passion, but right. at the same time you're like, cool, we got to make a good movie, so you're a little more like, okay, this has to go like this a little has more to pragmatic, stay. yeah, more pra- I suppose the, yeah. no, yeah. I know one of the movies that was like a passion that didn't do well was Toys, okay, uh, that you know the guy who directed that I think did like uh, Good Morning Vietnam. And some other like really great movies, but this was like his passion project, and that movie's fucking insane. Toys? Oh, it's in yeah, it's bonkers. It doesn't make any goddamn. It's sense. like
1: it's like if you had cracked open Robert Williams' brain, yeah, and just said like hey, let's there dump a little bit out. Like it's it's
0: crazy. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. And then there was another I mean one. that with the most love, of course. Yeah, and there was another guy that like I can't remember what it was, but I think he he created this giant set of like Egypt or whatever. So that it could be destroyed or used in the film or whatever, but they actually had to bury it because they had no way of like transporting it because it was so goddamn big, so it was like buried somewhere like in the desert. It was really <laughs> weird, but these guys they basically have this like "I have a vision, yeah, I want to talk to you about my vision. And you have to be like, no," <laughs> and that's where like there has to be this beautiful balance, yeah which I don't know how you get to it because people are like, hey, I'm paying for this. Right. I have a significant amount of say, but then the artist is like, yeah, but I have a vision, and right, you're you, funding my vision. And you
1: hired me for a reason. And that's that's the whole – Chris Hardwick g- goes off on this all the time. Yeah. Where he's just like – on on his on yeah. Nerdist, he always talks to, to people about, like, you know, if they would just – if the studio execs would get out of the way mm-hmm. and the, let the people that they hired – do the job they hired them for yeah. because that's the thing that drives him nuts is that they'll hire you because, oh, we love what you do. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, but do it this way. And it's yeah. like, well, that's not what I do, though. Yeah, You hired me to tell me what to do. What any monkey could do yeah. could follow directions. Sure. You hired me because you said you like what I specifically do, Yeah. but now you're not letting me do that thing. It's it's such a contradiction in, in, in terms.
0: Well, of it's or, not like that in any other business where it's like, hey, I'm going to hire a director of marketing. It's like cool. So you expect that they're going to direct the marketing stuff, right? You don't go cool. You're director of marketing, but
1: here, here's what, here's all the marketing stuff we want
0: you to, yeah, yeah. It's like no, I'm going to do the marketing for your company, or you know, it's like we want or... you to
1: update the, uh, the the monthly newsletter template, yeah. but use this template, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like, like
0: well, wait a second, I don't oh, hold on. You you gave this to me so that I could just go and do it, right? And obviously, we want to
1: rebrand, but use this logo. I'll,
0: I'll... <laughs> I'll take direction, obviously, <laughs> but I'm also here to do it and take responsibility for how exactly. this stuff works. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think it, that works in any business. The good people are like surround themselves with people that know what they're doing. Right. They speak so they get on the same page, and then they let the people execute. Exactly, yeah. It's th- yeah. That's, so it's the same thing. It's like, hey, I'm going to hire you <laughs> to do this film, but I have problems with it. Right, exactly. Like, I wonder, I, th- I think back to Suicide Squad, and everyone was given the you know, Batman v Superman shit for being so dark. And Suicide Squad was going to be really dark. I'm like, I wonder if they just would have left it.
1: I bet you. Well, yeah. They, if
0: they just would have left it and this kind of like, what? because when they finally recut that and the executives looked at it, there's no way they looked at that and been like, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking
1: nailed it. Guys, Oscars. Guys, we just, we just made a good movie. I think. Someone
0: deliver this to Oscar because we're getting one.
1: <laughs> deliver this to
0: Oscar. You know, because I mean, I, I I think they brought in two different teams of people to edit it, which is ridiculous. Because you
1: know? the yeah, I mean that that right there spells disaster, and it shows in the final cut too. Yeah. Obviously,
0: well, not only that, but you know what people really responded to was the fun, flashy sort of like trailers that came out for Suicide Squad. So they had the guys that edited that re-edit the movie in that sort of
1: that's insane, and so that's that's the the, one of the worst calls you could make. Editing uh, a trailer is so different than editing a narrative.
0: It's like the ballroom blitz sort of stuff, you know. Whereas the first one that they showed at you know Comic Con, which wasn't supposed to really release to the public, very dark, yeah, very somber, and I was like. I like it. <laughs> I don't. I've I've always liked that sort in, of stuff. In
1: in that realm, in like because the thing is, like everyone's basing this off of like you know the I I don't want to keep harping on Marvel, but like on the the Marvel like there's levity and there's fun, but then there's danger and excitement and oh like it it's got that nice like Disney balance, you mm-hmm. know, with yeah, especially with Guardians of the Galaxy. I would say probably is the best example of that. With Batman vs Superman, DC Comics and and again anyone who's listening who is a, a more of a comic book nerd than i which it's not hard to do um, you know please feel free to correct us in the comments but from what i what i can glean off everything is that dc comics has always been darker their and mo the, has always been a little bit a little bit more like in the in the serious realm
0: it depends on the character cuz like superman okay. is generally you know metropolis is light and bright and you know he is like right. there's a stark difference between that and gotham Right. right. Obviously, Batman's world is darker and darker things happen in that world than, say, Superman, where he's, you know, doing what he's not saying that dark things can't happen in Superman. I mean, in Justice, that comic book series shows us Lois Lane getting murdered right out of the gate. Well, there you go. And Superman kills the Joker. And then that sets off a whole turn of events you know where superheroes are fighting each other right um but
1: but i feel like i'm okay with dc if that's the tone they're gonna take I, I mean everyone else double can go, down and go with everyone it, else man. can go cry because like i think that's great if you're gonna make that that creative decision then make that creative de- stick to it yeah like you said dig your heels and double down and be like look yeah. this is it we're, yeah we're 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 we are placing our flag here this is how our movies are going to be. This is how we're going to distinguish ourselves sure. against Marvel. Or yeah. not against, but separate ourselves yeah. from. Like, we're not making the same movie. Yeah. We're making our movies. Sure. And we can coexist in the cinematic, the, the larger cinematic universe because we have two different tones. And that's totally fine by it's me. It's no different than I remember
0: going down to Disney World and then spending a few days at Universal Studios. Yeah. And I was so thrown off by how much Universal Studios like intentionally compared itself to Disney. Right. Like, I remember waiting for uh, Shrek 4D and the guy. There was a guy that was, like, you know, getting everyone prepped and ready to go. He was on the mic. He's like, you know, over here in Universal, you know, we don't worship some rat, you know. Really? For whatever. And now that I saw some of their commercials where they were like, you know, we're cheaper than Disney. I was like, guys, you are not going to compete directly with Disney. No. Carve out your own niche. Right. And and, and it's, it's be like, hey, we're not Disney. Here's what we offer. Right we offer the marvel section not for much longer you know we've got <laughs> harry potter right. we've got show what you are how you are different from disney but yeah. don't mention disney cuz i will then infinitely be like you're not disney i right. like disney better
1: right disney disney has such a such a stronger hold in that area yeah.
0: yeah and it's the same thing like with dc you don't have to be marvel like the the dark knight trilogy was not light no. They had some jokes and stuff in it, but it was dark.
1: It was and it, and rightfully so. Again, they yeah. tonally it fit with that sure. with that character exactly. So yeah. I was
0: like, if you're going to do that, because here's the thing: if you have you know, you have you have let's say Batman v Superman was it is what it is, all right, and then all of a sudden, let's say Suicide Squad was successful with its you know Guardians of the Galaxy as sort of like whatever they're in the shared universe, right? How does that tone no. match up? No, because I would argue that Guardians of the Galaxy is eclectic, but still fits the tone.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. There's still
0: a lot of stuff going on. It's very much a uh, you know, I'm uh, forgetting the director's name. Gun, uh, Tim Gunn.
1: Tim, it's not Tim. Gunn. Tim? No, I'm sorry. That's the that's the that's, that's the design. Are the uh, it's not Sean? I want to oh, say it's Sean. Crap, sorry. That's my bad. God um, damn it. Whatever.
0: But his his um, his vision and his tone. It's very much captured. Two, two? James Gunn. James Gunn. Bad. Yeah. Which, by the way, did you see the, uh, <laughs> the movie that he wrote? No. That's called... Uh, I think it's called the... Yeah, Tim
1: Gunn's uh, project, One Way Query for the Straight Guy. Uh, <laughs> he was... Yeah. <laughs> Not quite the he's, same. He's the fashion expert. Yeah. Gotcha. That's, that's my bad. My bad. <laughs>
0: uh, so James Gunn wrote a screenplay for... Uh, I think it's called The Barkley Effect. Okay. It's about uh, people who show up to work at an office... And um, all of a sudden there is like a broadcast over the uh, <laughs> over the system that says that um, five people need to be killed in the next 30 minutes or you'll
1: all die. I'm sorry. Tim Gunn was not in Queer Eye for this drink. I apologize. Sorry. I just want to fact check myself. <laughs> and that is my bad. Sorry. Uh, so he wrote this movie. <laughs> so there's this
0: movie. I, if you can look it up and see if it's called The Barkley Effect or something like that. Um. I think that's what it is. I could be wrong, but regardless.
1: Oh, it's called Dawn of the Dead. That's what you're looking for. That's not what it. Sorry, Scooby Doo. Is that what you were looking for? No. Okay. Uh, Hold on, I'll get there. Writer, the Belco experiment. Belco experiment, (laughs) the Barkley effect. (laughs) (laughs) Belco experiment. (laughs) Oh, but it uses the same. um, uh, What's it? Michael Rooker.
0: Michael Rooker's in there. Yeah. Uh, Dustin Demulsion, uh, who was in Ant-Man. He played the Russian dude.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Uh, it's got Sean Duncan. Gunn, which I'm assuming is related to, to James that's, Gunn. That's his brother. It's oh, got John C. McGinley's in there. John C. McGinley's Tony in Goldwyn, there. Tony Goldwyn, who's yeah. uh, on Scandal. Uh-huh. Okay. So basically, so fun cast.
0: these people are trapped in a in a corporate office. Oh, like, <gasps> that's
1: this one. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God, James yes. Gunn
0: wrote this movie.
1: That's an insane movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ! So, if
0: anyone's not familiar with this movie, it's not called the Barkley Effect; it's the Belco Experiment.
1: <laughs> in a twisted social experiment, eighties Americans are locked. 80, Eighty Americans. The eighties Americans are time-travelled to the future. God damn it! Eighty Americans are locked in their high-rise corporate office in uh, Bogota, Bo- ah, Bogota, Colombia, and ordered by an unknown voice uh, coming from the company's intercom system to participate in a deadly game of kill or be killed.
0: Yes. If you haven't seen the trailer, there's a red band for it. It's insane. Basically, it's like people have to die. A certain number of people need to die in the next certain amount of time or we're going to kill everybody. Right. So people like oh, all yeah, of a sudden.
1: They, they, we need uh, 10 people need to die in the next you know, half hour or yeah. 60 people will
0: be killed or yeah. all of you will be killed or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So all of a sudden everyone's like, no, there's no way. And then like all of like, this iron stuff covers all the windows, like shields the whole building,
1: people can't get out, and all of a sudden people just start killing each other. Well, and I think there's like implants in them. Yeah. Like if they don't do it, they somehow Heads explode. explode. Some shit yeah, like I don't that. know how they got. I'd love to see logistically <laughs> how they pulled that off.
0: Ah, uh, so James Gunn has written a, a bunch of different stuff. Abby's here. <laughs> hey, Abby. She says, "I love James Gunn. I love James Gunn." So again, I ask if if Suicide Squad had been successful as being silly, right? How would that have fit in with the rest of the universe? Because we know it's directly connected to Batman v Superman. That right, would have exactly. been weird.
1: Exactly, yeah,
0: there's another dog in here
1: there is who is whose dog is that? I don't know, Abby found a friend just pulled him in. <laughs> There's another dog That's here. That's Buckeye. Oh, that's, that's Buckeye. That's, that's, uh, I was like, I don't know this dog. Beth's sister's dog. That's awesome. I was like, uh...
0: <laughs> Dude, there's another dog here. I was like, I don't know. I was like, did Abby just kind of roll in a ball of... F- I thought she had another like toy in her mouth. I'm like, no, that's another dog. She let another dog in Absolutely. here. Absolutely. That's hilarious. Ha <laughs> ha! So uh, if that stuff had actually, you know, been useful, I mean, had had worked with Suicide Squad being silly and whatever, I don't know how that would have affected the rest of the genre, right? You know what I mean? Because, Absolutely. I mean, I and again, I would also say that if they're villains, they shouldn't be silly.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. If they're villains, they, I mean, they can they can have that like with the Joker, they can have that kind of like uh, little twist of like dark humor to yeah. them, but it, it should not be. I, I don't I don't think um uh, <coughs> I don't that's <laughs> uh, so I I wish I wish we could have gotten a video of that. <laughs> <laughs> what,
0: what was what was Buckhead doing?
1: Well, there, he just took a dump on the carpet. Ah! <laughs> I could do that Mark, that's Mark what he was just doing. I just looked over and I'm like, "Well, that's happening right there." And All right. And
0: pooping. <laughs> poop town
1: usa oh there you go welcome 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 home welcome home he looks my so guys, happy about himself this is my house now he's like this is my area <laughs> you don't go over here oh my god that at least it was solid um <laughs> hey silver linings man We gotta find the silver linings in it all <laughs> i hope there's not silver lining in that though because that no. probably means he's tinsel he's sick <laughs> He's <been laughs> some from tinsel the tree <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness um so what were we talking about? Ta- oh no, I can see like dark humor from the Joker, sure. but like in of that like again, and I'm nothing against Will Smith, but Will Smith's style of like you know, mm-hmm. you know, well, guess we're the heroes again. You got to go save the day, you know, yeah. big blockbuster Independence Day kind of like like kitschy, mm-hmm. you know. He's hysterical, and I love him in movies. I don't know about him as a villain. I just don't yeah. buy him as a villain, you know. And and again, Harley Quinn like. She could be Margot Robbie. I'm sure could have played her darker. And I didn't see the movie. Maybe she did, but it looked like she's like it was that very kind of ditzy, like the 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 Harlequin kind of character mm-hmm. with that like, "What are we doing, boys?" Like yeah. it was very, "Oh, you're in trouble, Mister J is going to get you." And I'm mm-hmm. like, it just doesn't have that that same like. There's no tension for me. Like yeah. I don't. I'm not afraid of these people. Yeah, and I need to be afraid of these people.
0: Exactly, and I I look at it as just like just. And I know people just shit their pants, you know, whenever...
1: Or shit the floor. <laughs> yeah, or shit the, shit the
0: carpet. <laughs> whenever they saw Batman v. Superman and all the negative reaction it was mm. getting, Yeah, you know, people were like, we got to change it. we got to get involved. And David Ayer, who directed Fury, who also directed this movie, I'm like, I trust that David Ayer knows what he's doing. Yeah. I trust that that guy can handle this, like... He he made a Fury is one of those movies that like it's it's a I watched it like probably fifteen times and I fucking love it. It's dark, but I love it. It's a great movie. And I'm like when he was directing that, I'm like, Great. Let's see what he does with it. Right. But it comes with a it comes with with this tag of like, well, if you're doing this property, there's gonna be a lot more people involved. Kind of like with Josh Trank and Fantastic Four. Sure, sure, sure. Now that has multiple stories about what was going on, but I know that Fox was involved, and they were, you know, things. It, it, it's just it gets to the point where it really upsets me because I always wonder what could have, what could have been. Sure, 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 yeah. What could we have actually created here?
1: Yeah, it could. I feel like Fantastic Four still could be done well, but it needs to be. It it needs to be one cohesive thought, not two different directors. It needs to not be have all these other like. It yeah. just needs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I if, mean,
0: because I look at situations where you know, like. If, You know, let's take Mind Gap. Someone was like, "Guys, we like what you do. We wanna, we wanna pay you. You know, x amount of you know money. Done. We were like, cool. They're like, but." Here are the things that you have to do. And you and I are both like... Mm-hmm.
1: Do we want to do... Yeah. you got to make the decision. Do you want to compromise on that? Yeah. yeah.
0: And it's, you start to wonder, is it worth it Right to compromise at that point in time? Yeah. And I'd be like... Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it depends how big, how much money we're talking. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, I can quit my job? Cool. Right. Like, mm-hmm. How about this? We'll start a new podcast. Mind Gap stays the same. You pay yeah. us to do a new one. Yeah, and we'll do, we'll do it exactly how like, you want No,
0: no, no. It. We want your 65 followers on Facebook. Damn we it. want your 42... Uh, Twitter followers they have to come with you absolutely well
1: alright fine we've worked hard for them we've worked look you guys worked hard for them we don't want to we don't want to start we don't want to reinvent the wheel
0: we can't we can't try and get a whole bunch of new folks (laughs) we gotta keep your original core group in there with you and I'm like
1: okay and you guys have to get rid of the throwdown (sighs) no sorry no deal in that in that in that capacity then let's stick it to the man who's trying to get us to get rid of the throwdown you know what we're gonna do the throwdown (laughs) So you're, like, t-
0: you're like, shit, did I just ruin that segue? I, I <laughs> could not figure out how to get I was like, I
1: have an idea of how to get there, but I can't find the word. So it's time for the throwdown. Throwdown. Okay. Um, so fuck it, you, corporate America. <laughs> Doug, no one is against us Yeah. Yeah, fuck you. All right, Doug's very angry. Fuck you, Macy's.
0: And <laughs> your holiday parades. And your floats.
1: Going to do a throwdown, throwdown based off of all of the uh, the Macy's, Cor- yeah, corporate America, exactly, corporate
0: America throwdown. All right,
1: so it's going to be the Snoopy balloon versus the, <laughs> the McDonald's versus Taco Bell. Go, exactly, <laughs> yeah. First, the door of the Explorer for balloon. <laughs> Go. Uh, no, On today's throwdown, we're going to do. Um, and as we were talking, I came up with uh, someone I wanted to pit him against. So good. So, uh, I thought, uh, I was this morning I was talking to Abby, and I was, you know, as I normally do in the morning, um, we were having our conversation, and I started to do the Bane voice, <laughs> and I was right. like, oh, Bane, we haven't done Bane in a throwdown yet, I don't have think we, we have.
0: If we, ha- if we have, it's been a long time ago. Yeah, so
1: I thought it would be fun today to do Bane mm-hmm. verse, and I was like, who could we put him against? Mm-hmm. And then in my head, I'm like, well, we could put it who's strong but a human, not superhuman, because Bane's sure. not superhuman, he doesn't even have yeah. superpowers. So we're talking the, not the... Animated Bane mm-hmm. with the tubes and the giant green. Uh, we're talking Tom Hardy's sure Bane. So him, and then we're gonna pit him up against Bruce Lee, who Ooh. is much scrawnier, but okay. is he's got the power, he's cut, and he is extremely well trained, and also has the adaptation factor where his whole style is about adapting to what he's facing. This is like the the videos I've
0: been watching on YouTube also, which is like MMA guys versus street fighters. Sure, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, Bane is brute force and brute in power.
1: But he's also tactical.
0: He is tactical. Because he's been trained. He has. Um, but Bruce Lee created
1: Jeet Kune Do. Oh. He's, also, he's also got the power too, though. Yeah. he's like he's, He may, you know he's he's created his own martial arts style so he's got he's got kind of a tactical about and the whole idea around his martial arts style is that you adapt to whatever's coming at you mm-hmm. there is no style is the style yeah. so it's very adaptable um he's also trained in multiple other martial arts which is what pr- helped him allowed him to you know be able to create this style and uh <laughs> this dog is cracking my ass up I love this um <laughs> So allowed him to create that style, plus he's got the power, mm-hmm. and he's very nimble. He can move. I feel like he's super fast, too. So I'm assuming... So we got that, raw power versus... I'm assuming they're
0: fighting in the same sewer area as in The Dark Knight Rises.
1: I feel like that gives an advantage to Bane. How? Because those lights go out, and he was born in the darkness. Well, it goes out because Batman turns out the light. That's true, an idiot. So? <laughs> Dummy. Dumbass. Because uh, honestly,
0: you can set the stage anywhere, yeah. and I feel like it's even ground like there's no yeah. setting in which even in space I feel like there's no I think <laughs> they're they're on equal footing because even if in space even if Bane were to get the jump on him I feel like
1: Bruce would be able to adapt pretty easily and, and vice versa, I feel yeah, like they would yeah. be so so I was either going to put him in a Mortal Kombat style like cool. ring where sure. it's like stone lined ring yeah. with sand yeah you know I like that. but like not thick beach sand we're talking sure. like just a nice small layer yeah, of sand yeah it's dirt but sand on the yeah, top exactly. so like you
0: can still get your footing yeah like I know what you're talking about yeah, so they just straight-up face-off. Um, God, I'd like to say... Because I feel like Bruce Lee would be quicker than him.
1: I would agree. I absolutely um, agree.
0: So he'd have the speed factor. The only thing is that if Bane were to get a hold of him, or if Bane were to land... A punch sure. or something on him. I feel like it would be more devastating. Sure. So it's. I, I look at Bruce Lee as like a glass cannon. I don't know if you've heard that phrase before. I've never heard of that. I like that. Essentially, though. it's like this guy that's like incredibly powerful, but yeah. if they get caught, also another phrase would be called squishy, <laughs> meaning that you know you do an incredible amount of damage, but if you get hit, you're fucked. All right, kind of, all right, kind of situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I see Bruce Lee as that kind of character. Okay, is that sort of like he could be a mage. Or possibly, like, a rogue. Sure. If you want to kind of, like, categorize him. Or if you're sure. in the Warhammer 40K universe, the Eldar. Yes. You know? I was
1: going to say, he's, he's very Eldar in nature. You know, yeah. very
0: fast, yeah. you know, very powerful, but they they can't take much of a hit. Okay. So, and Bane strikes me uh, more as a warrior, you know, kind of guy, you mm-hmm. know, uh, more of a tank. You know, he's probably more uh, more like the space marines in the Warhammer 40K universe. Since I did that for the Bruce Lee, I feel like I should do it for him. Sure. Um. Oh man, this is really tough. Just because I could see like Bruce Lee like landing in like kicks or something like that, that just completely like whoosh, you just know, obliterate. Yeah, that just he gets that one connection. Yeah, but I feel like Bruce Lee has to be perfect, and I feel like Bane has more room for error. Okay, if does that make sense? I totally does. Yeah, like, so feel Bruce like Lee's got to
1: be surgical with it, or, and if if he Bane
0: can make a mistake or something like that and still be okay, where Bruce Lee has to be a hundred percent like he cannot make a mistake or he's done. So in that sense, I kind of give the edge to Bane. Okay, not saying I can that, see that. Like see if we that. had to do a simulation, like the percentage of times that Bruce Lee would win versus sure. versus Bane, <laughs> yeah, um, I would probably give Bane the edge in that regard because I feel like one missed kick, or if Bane catches that foot, he <laughs> sure. breaks it.
1: Um if he if he lands a punch that power would be that power is just it's a killer. Yeah. I, honestly it is. Like if he like you said, like if he miscalculates bang catches your foot, then yeah. that's that foot's done. Exactly. <laughs> that foot is done.
0: Like he, he would absolutely just annihilate him or, you know, God forbid he breaks his back, you know. Yeah or something like that, you know. Cause I'll say this much: they both have good confidence. I don't think either one of them would really be shaken. Actually, you know what happens? Bruce Lee hooks the the little little nozzle on Bane's mask. He, he I was like,
1: "Oh no!" One, he does a one inch punch to that nozzle like, and just Whoosh. it explodes. It's like <laughs> and this
0: mask comes off. He's like, oh. "Bruce Lee wins." I take it back. Based on The Dark Knight Rises, Bruce Lee wins
1: because <laughs> Bane is so easily defeatable because
0: of the goddamn. Oh, I hate that. That movie has flaws, and I like it for all of its flaws, but that pissed me off so much <laughs> when that happened.
1: Lucky punch,
0: Batman. He's like, oh, no, my maintenance wasn't done this morning. <laughs> and then Batman just beats the shit out. I'm does like, anyone no. have rubber cement? Oh, no. Oh, so I mad. need to so, reattach yep. So, yep, my Bruce valve. Bruce Lee wins. Bruce Lee does, does a, a heel kick, you know, and, and just, you know, that's it. All right. Game over. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yo. I
0: was just I was like what am I thinking no it's over Bruce Lee wins
1: <laughs> Bane is such a pussy when it comes to this I love it Ugh. There you so go. fucking angry. <laughs>
0: well, guys, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Uh, interesting note, that was not what we were going to talk about today. At all. But we mind gapped it, and it was fun. Yes. It felt real. It felt natural.
1: So now we, well, we, now we have another topic on reserve for the
0: <laughs> we next gotta, We can do more work on it. Exactly, Justin. yeah. Uh, so thank you all for listening. Uh, again, happy belated <laughs> new year. I hope everyone's starting off the year right. The dog just sniffed my butt, and that kind of made me jump a little bit.
1: Under the chair? I was like, ha, <laughs> ha. Yeah, <laughs>
0: um, he'll do that. He does that, um, but sh- thank you guys for listening. Uh, let us know what you think about art versus uh, business. You know, can they coexist? What's the perfect balance? What's going on with these movies, huh? What's the right amount of money to invest in a movie to get the right return? I want show your work. <laughs> show your work in the comments. Uh, you can find Mind Gap on Facebook. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at MindGap Gap. Uh, po- mind gap podcast mind gap podcast fucking podcast mind gap fucking podcast uh and justin has a website you can find
1: me online at justinstrandland.com you can listen to this podcast as well as the other one i do every monday or pretty much every monday with milo stevanovic it's called the best bar podcast ever and it truly is the best bar podcast ever when we post it uh on twitter instagram and snapchat at justin underscore michael spelled m-i-k-e-l it's a fun way of spelling it while you're in the online realm check us out on itunes or any other podcast subscription service Subscribe to us, review us, let us know uh, Let us know on any social media what you like. Uh, if there's a topic that you want us to discuss or if you feel like you have something to say you want to be on, let us know. We're totally happy to have random people on if you're yeah. interesting and you have an interesting topic you want to talk about. Also, check us out on uh, 2Estate.com and 2Estate8th on all social medias.
0: So, yeah, also, check out uh, – uh, I can't remember the, what the name of the documentary. It's like uh, Stretch – and Bobito on Netflix for the whole hip-hop experience. And a uh, new game I've been playing recently called Craft the World. Check it out on Steam. It was on sale for 5 bucks. It's totally worth it. You'll lose your life over it. <laughs> You're welcome. Mind Gap Podcast.